Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through your Fellowship profile on the Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church family. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. And uh, if you want to call a family member, maybe text a friend and let them know that uh, your church service is on right now. Ask them to sit down, spend the next 20, 25 minutes with us. And just let me share with you some things, some notes that God's given me in the last couple of weeks and even more so yesterday and early this morning. Uh, while you're calling them and doing that, I want to just brag on our staff for a minute. They have been working so hard. And for those of you that haven't known them in the past, uh, personally, you may have had the opportunity to do so recently because of the many phone calls, being online and uh, texting back and forth and, uh, and just the communication you've had more one-on-one -on -one than maybe uh, what you've had the opportunity to do so in the past. They are a great a great group of people, some of my favorite people on the planet, people I love spending time with. And from week to week when we do spend time together, there seems to be opportunities where we'll sit down in groups of two or three or four and, uh, in a conference room in somebody's office. And when a person has been thinking about a certain thing for a period of time, they might start a conversation in that safe group of friends by saying, let me think out loud for a moment. Let me just take a few minutes to think out loud. They're about to verbally process with those of us that are in the room something that has been on their mind. And recently with this virus going around the nation and the decisions that are being made um, globally and decisions that are being made in our country, they, they certainly affect all of us even here in Grand Junction. So somebody might say something like this, should we be making the same decisions in Western Colorado right now as they're making either on the eastern uh, coastline or, or on the west on the west side and uh, somebody else might say well if we make those same decisions now even though the problems aren't as intense as what they are in another area doesn't that mean that what we're dealing with is going to be prolonged we'll be up doing it a longer period of time somebody else would, might chime in and say well, but, but this is of a, a magnitude of something in which we have never experienced before and we want to get ahead of it and then someone will, in the room will say, it, did God ever tell his kids to stay home? And in Exodus chapter 12, one of the smarter people in the room would say, yeah, he did one time. He told them to stay, down, stay at home and stay inside. And, and that's the story of the Passover. And if they needed to do that, God had got out of work he wanted to do. But then we're reminded they only stayed in overnight. And then they went back to work uh, the very next day. Someone else might chime in and say, well, didn't God also say that if we don't work, we don't eat? Somebody will observe the fact that there are 5,400 people that die every month around the globe, globe worldwide uh, because of the result of skin cancer that was caused by the sun. 
15,000 people in America last year died from skin cancer that was sun-related. And yet we don't stay inside. We don't pull a panic button. We don't shut everything down, even though that threat has always been there. But then other people will chime in and we'll rethink this and re-listen to the news. And before you know it, we come back to the same conclusion we had when the first person started talking. And that is, I, I really don't know. I really don't know what's best to do, what we should be doing, or what we should be thinking. Uh, the answer to a lot of those thinking out loud sessions is, uh, I don't have the answer, I don't know. Now that is not a sentence, that's not a statement, uh, really an answer that we like to give, because we like to know. There's a lot of things that, uh, resources that we have available to us today, that when somebody asks us a question, if we don't know it, we can research it. Learned a long time ago that knowledge comes to us as a result of work and going after it and diligence, but wisdom only comes to us by asking for it. And because I'm a researcher and I like to have answers, I will gain and, and tenaciously go after uh, information that will give me solid answers to a question that I find to be uh, important, and then I'll ask God to fill in the rest of it, fill in the blanks of wisdom. But I like to know, I like to know the answer. But I've been asked a lot, of questions over my life where I haven't had the answer. Somebody says, how long is this going to last? Well, I don't know. Um, when will our family get back to normal? Well, I, I, I don't know. May, maybe I should know, but I don't. I had a person call me up the other day and they were wanting to know a, a, an answer to uh, uh, how to find a, a certain verse in the Bible. And, and they said, you know, pastor, uh, where is that verse in the Bible that talks about God being my place of safety? Now, most pastors should know that right off the top of their head, but for me, because I'm smart with the resources, I'll quickly search that out on a search engine. Now, what was that again? And he'll say, God, uh, you know, where God's a place of safety. You know, that's a good thing. God wants us to know where the, you know, he, that he is a place of safety. And I'll talk to him a little bit about, and while I'm talking to him, I'm doing a little search on a search engine about God know, being our place of safety. And then I'll come up, oh yeah, what you're looking for right here in, in, in Psalms 91 verse two says, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. And they're like, "Woo, pastor, that's good. You came up with that that quick? Yeah. Do you want to know the verse in front of it? Do you want to know the verse behind it? And, I, and they're just thinking, boy, pastor, you so smart. And I don't tell them that just a little bit ago, I spent some time in the cab of my truck searching for my cell phone while I was talking on it. So we all have a great amount of resources that are available to us that would give us the opportunity to be able to come up with some answers. But even with all that, sometimes uh, the answers just aren't available to us. There's some things we just don't know. When's this going to last? How long is this going to last? I don't know. And how long will it take for my family to pull things back together and get back to normal? The grocery store is looking like they used to look. I don't know. But then when they ask the question, what are you going to do during this time? Well, now I absolutely know the answer to that. Because the first thing that I'm going to do during these uh, difficult days, I'm going to tuck in and stay close to and in close proximity with the one who knows everything. And if the one who knows everything is not panicked, I am not going to panic. 
There was a time when Jesus was talking to his disciples at a very difficult time in history. And he was letting them know that he was going to be leaving very soon and that he was going to cover them with a helper. But he also gives them a promise. Now, in this promise is some good and some bad and also some instructions. And it's one of my favorite promises in the Bible. And this is what he says in John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. For in this world you are going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, and that term good cheer means to be positive, to be happy, to be optimistic, because this is what he said, I have overcome the world. And I have read that verse, that passage, many, many times, and it has comforted me many, many times when I have been in the middle of a situation that I didn't understand, didn't want to be in, wished that I could have avoided, knowing that I needed to stay positive, I needed to stay happy, because I was going to overcome it uh, due to my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said this to settle people that were unsettled. He was trying to give them an anchor in a time when they, they needed it the most. Now, one of the things that we do when we are staying in close proximity with our Heavenly Father is to remind ourselves what it is that God said to us. we got to keep reminding ourselves of God's promises. Now, that doesn't mean that we remind ourselves of the promises that he did not make. Because a lot of people say, think that. A lot of people think that, that they've got to hold God to a promise of never going through trouble. Well, that's, God never promised that we were going to avoid every difficulty that, that is in this life. He said we were going into many difficulties that were in this life. It, back in, in uh, New Testament chapter, I think, 4 of the book of Mark, You'll hear more about that in the days to come, but the disciples were told to get into a boat with Jesus to go across this body of water, and when Jesus told them to get in the boat, Jesus knew there was a storm that was coming. Jesus knew that there was going to be something that would happen out there on that water that would put a great amount of fear into them, and that they would possibly even, they thought, lose their life and lose everything else that they had. But yet they were in the middle of that storm, in that boat, with the Lord, because they were being obedient to him. Now, there are times that in my life where I'm in the middle of something that I have asked God, God, I would much rather have avoided this. If you would have told me that the decision I made or going this direction or this time and, and, and season in life was going to be like this, I would have asked you if I could have walked around it. Lord, if you'd asked me to be in that boat, I, I, don't, I don't like being seasick. I don't like thinking that everything's going to sink. I don't like that feeling whatsoever. And Father, I, Lord, I've got, my, I've got my, my ASIC sandal, walking sandals on. I've got my Fitbit on. I'll get some steps in. I'll walk around this. If I could avoid it, I'll just take the long way around. I'll take a horse, a camel, anything, but having to go through the middle of that storm. Well, there are some storms in our life that we are not going to avoid. There are some issues in our life where, where we're going to have to go through. And our faith, yes, can be built on the fact that many things in our life God has allowed us to miss out on. Many things in our life God has taken care of or protected us from before they ever, they ever got to us or got to our family members. And that grows our faith. And thank God for that. But there is also times in our life where God grows our faith by allowing us to go through it. And watch this. Here's the promise to overcome it. God wants us to go through it knowing 
that we are going to overcome it. You remember the story of the three Hebrew children when they were cast into a, a furnace by the king in that day? They were doing what God told them to do. The king had a problem with it, and therefore he threw those three Hebrew children in a furnace to kill them, to destroy them. And then the Bible says that the king looked inside that furnace and didn't see three men bound, but he saw four men walking around, alive, well, doing good. Well, God did not allow them to avoid that furnace. What God did was allow them to be to overcome the furnace in which they were in by getting right in the middle of it with them. Watch this now, watch this. Sometimes when God does not allow you to avoid a situation, he did that so that he might get right in the middle of that situation with you. Same results. You're either going to avoid it or you're going to come through it. You're going to overcome it. Our Heavenly Father loves you, and one of the things that He wants us to constantly remember is He knows the outcome of the situation or the problem in which you and I are in today. And He has promised us that we will overcome that obstacle. We will be successful on the other side of this thing. All we have to do is what He's always told His children to do, just keep going. This is important to me. This word overcome means to succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. It means to defeat, to prevail, to overpower, and to overwhelm that situation. If God didn't keep it from you, then he intended fully on getting right in the middle of it with you. That's why we got to hold on to his promises that's why we got to remind ourselves in difficult times that our God is going to protect us. He is going to provide for us. He always has. He's never forsaken us. And even when you are in a point where you're in your, your deepest, darkest despair, or you're feeling so discouraged, even maybe diving into a pit of depression, he gave us this verse as an anchor, that when you can't avoid it, you will overcome it. And church family, listen, we will. We'll be back in this room that is so empty right now. I, I, I feel like a BB in a shoebox. There's just nothing happening in here. We're just rattling around. There's going to be a time when this room is full again. And you got friends and family members sitting in here with you. And you're singing along with, with, with those praise singers that are up here. And you're down front with us. And we got an arm around each other. And we, we're, not, we're not practicing a physical dis, a distancing anymore. Uh, but, but we're close uh, uh, again. And... And that time's coming. It's just that in-between time that can get so scary. Uh, and that's what I want to help you with. You, the question that I'm answering is, what would I do if we were going through this time? I believe we're going to come back stronger than we ever have, than we've ever been on this earth. I think that you and I are going to give the best version of us we have ever experienced. Our family's going to be able to experience it. We're bringing it to the table. But that means that in order to do that, there's some strategies that we have to put in place. And I'm calling them our home time strategies. Some things that you and I have to do in order to be able to uh, bring the best version of ourselves. Because listen, when this thing is over, we're going to have to hit it running. We're going to have to be better than we've ever been. We're going to have to be fit and shape, ready. We're going to have to have the energy that we need uh, to be able to get going the way God wants to go and to recover everything that the enemy may have taken from us at this time. Interesting story in the book of Job. In Job chapter 4, 
uh, Job himself was cursing uh, himself and cursing the situation, wanting to die. His wife chimes in and says the very same thing. Well, you ought to just curse God and die. Now, before we're too hard on Job's wife, um, have you ever said anything? I think she was a tired caregiver. Have you ever said anything in a moment where you were exhausted, where you were tired, you wish you could take back? Well, we can't judge her. She said, you ought to curse God and die. And in chapter 4, the situation was very bleak. But in chapter 42, Job comes out of it, double, doubled everything that he lost. Everything that he lost was given back to him double. You go, okay, how do I get through this? You get from chapter 4 in your story to chapter 42, where God gives you back double for your trouble. How do you get there? Listen, you just keep going. Here's some great home strategies that we're practicing at our house, and maybe it's a, some, some you want to adopt or some you want to even write even better than what I've been able to put here. Here's the first thing that we do at our home. Less news and more worship music. Less news and more worship music. I start the day with God every day, then I kick it over to Little Fox News so I can know what's going on with the latest things that are, that are being said. And after that, I turn the news off. We do not allow news to be pumped into our house 24-7 during this time. I hear what's happening. It's just the same thing being said by a lot of other different mouthpieces. I get it. We turn it off, we turn worship music on, and we allow worship music to be what fills the atmosphere of our home and not negative uh, talk that is, that is coming from the news medias. So we, we do this. We do it every day. And then at night, you know, we might turn a little bit back on, see if anything news happened. But then we always end with something funny on TV, uh, laughing over a couple of shows Ann and I like to watch. Ann and I talking and back to worship music, or maybe we read something together. See all the something you posted on Facebook. We always read the funny stuff y'all post on Facebook and the inspiring stuff and the inspirational stuff as well. So we like that. Here's the second thing. Pull your family members around you and pray with them and for them. Pull your family members around you and pray with them and for them. Listen to me very carefully. Your loved ones needs a hero right now. Your loved ones need someone that'll pull, around, around, pull them around you and, and pray for them and say, we're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. I know this is tough. It's not like anything we've ever experienced before. I know our grocery stores kind of look like a third world country right now, kids, but we're going to be okay. We have enough. We're going to make it. We're getting through this. And reassure them. And listen, and anytime you have a downtime yourself, put yourself on a timeout. Put yourself on a timeout. Go out to your automobile, sit in your car, turn on some worship music. If you're having a difficult time, just get alone. But don't say something to destroy uh, uh, or, or to make something worse within your home. Be the hero they need to be. Put yourself in a timeout. And sometimes the hero that your family needs is that individual that's in the family that will just make them laugh. The other day we had our... Uh, teenage uh, granddaughters over at the house to spend the night. Their parents needed a date night, and, and they needed to be away from their kids, and, and their kids needed to be away from them. So Grand and Pop-Pop took them on, brought them on into the house, and they spent the night, and, and uh, oh, we laughed and laughed. And my wife, those of you who don't know this about her, she loves to play board games. She loves to play card games. She loves anything 
to do with getting the family around the table where we're just laughing and interacting with each other and undivided attention, no cell phones, nothing like that. Well, our granddaughters are teenage girls and they are networked up. They've got a lot of friends and they have a, a, a lot of their time with other people. So anytime uh, that we can have a, an opportunity to have them over the house and just spend time with them, we absolutely love it. Well, the virus is going on and your grandparents and their grandkids and they're out of my, I'm not worried about that one bit. They're family. Let me tell you something. So, this is something I... But let me ask you a question just for a second. I'm going to jump off on something. How many of you have had loved ones in your life that are no longer here? Friends and families that have gone home to be with the Lord. Look around your house and places where they used to sit and at the table where they used to have dinner with you and celebrations that used to go on. You remember them? You remember people in our church and people on our staff that we can mention right now that... We love so dearly that worked alongside of us that are no longer here. Now let me ask you a question. Did any of them die from this virus? No? Uh-uh. They're gone for another reason, aren't they? It may have been cancer. may have been a tumor, an aneurysm. It may have been some other kind of disease, heart disease. It may have been as a result of the effects of diabetes. But there, there, there's a lot of other reasons other than this virus why they left here. One of these days, all of us are going to go home to be with the Lord. All of us. That's an appointment that every one of us is going to keep. And however God wants to get us there, God's going to get us there by whatever means he chooses. And if that means the new virus that's on the scene or if it's cancer or something that's been around for a long time, all that is between God and that individual and no one else. We have our grandkids over because we love our grandkids. And I'm not worried about it for a second, whether or not it, having our loved ones or our family around is going to harm me and Anna. Me and Anna are leaving this earth when God wants us to leave this earth. We're going to leave the way he wants us to leave because of how he wants us to leave, by the means in which he wants us to leave, when he wants us to leave, and not one day later, not one day earlier. So until then, we're going to still live the way God always has wanted us to live. We had the grandkids over the other night. They loved to play poker. Yes, we taught them how to play poker back when they were five, six, seven years of age. Now, they're teenagers, and they're really good at it now. But as teenagers with jobs and allowance, they also have a little money on them. So we bring them over, and we sit them down and play a little poker with them. Now, when they're there at the table, I am a good grandpa, and I am a terrible poker player. You see what I'm saying? But we laugh. We have fun. We, we're, it's enjoyable. And do we let their minds wander or go off to what's on the news, what's being said here or there? Oh, no. We're building memories. And we're videoing a little bit of it and laughing about it and having fun till late, late, way past Grandma and Pop Pop's bedtime into the night. Because we also want to be their hero in a time where things are difficult. We have to change and strategize in our homes and in our lives to make sure that we have less news and more worship. Make sure we pull our family members around and pray with them and become their hero. Make sure we need to give ourselves a time out because of the things that are coming out of our mouth or the attitude uh, that's, that's in the atmosphere around us. We do that as well. And then we reset and we re-engage. We reset and we re-engage. A lot of things I don't know. I'm embarrassed to say that with all the resources we have available to us today. There are still some things with all the knowledge that we can work for and all the wisdom that we can ask for that we still do not know. 
but I know the one who does know. I know the one who has the answers for all things. And he, when he will not allow us to avoid a situation, he gets right into the middle of that situation with us and causes us to overcome it. So when I don't know, he knows. When I don't know, he knows. So we're staying in close proximity with him. I want to ask you if you would to sing this last song. The worship team's here and they're going to they're going to sing a song that's been around for a while. It means a lot to me. And uh, whether you're there in your car or you're at home, pull your family around you. Go ahead, sing right out loud. That's all right. Maybe you're there by yourself. Uh, this incredible worship song is entitled, This I Know. Stretched out the skies like a canvas Who has scooped up the oceans with his hands Who has measured the hills from the mountains You
Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, please click the first time link located in the description below this video. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week for our online services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m.